United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Let us shift the conversation to what has been taking place. If you did not know, it was five years ago that Russia took over the Crimea, annexed it, the attempted annexation. Russia has continued violating the norms and the standards of the international order in Ukraine's Donbass and the Sea of Azov. What does this mean? We want to get some perspective on it, and we are glad that, once again, William B. Taylor can join us. He is the U.S. Institute of Peace Executive Vice President and former ambassador to Ukraine. The Twitter handle is at USIP. Ambassador Taylor, Bill, welcome back. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Tim. It's great to be back. All right. So five years have happened. What is the difference between Crimea now from what it was five years ago? Sadly, not very much. Um, uh, for the people of Crimea, things are worse off. Um, so they are they are in worse shape than they were uh, five years ago. Um, five years ago, the, the Russian troops uh, entered um, and at the point of a gun um, had a referendum um, that the Russians said uh, uh, 98% uh, uh, people agreed to, to be a part of, of Russia. Um, this reminds us of uh, the referendum that took place uh, before World War II, Tim, when, uh, when Germany did the same thing to Austria and then did a, a referendum, again, 98% uh, said they wanted to join Germany. So, this is, so, so the people in Crimea are worse off today than, uh, than, than they were um, uh, five years ago. So the, and the Russians continue to violate the norms and standards that you introduced. Five years later, how do people look at the U.S. response to the Russian action taken five years ago? They look, we, we just had a conversation about this yesterday here at the Institute of Peace, um, and I think the general sense was, even though there have recently, as of last Friday, been additional sanctions put on the Russians for their actions in and around Crimea and the Kerch Strait, for example, um, it's uh, too little too late. Um, uh, Crimea is a hard problem for us, uh, we, uh, the, for the West. Um, we put on sanctions right away. We went to the Security Council and the national security the the uh, UN security council um, tried to condemn the russian occupation uh, and annexation and of course the russians vetoed it even by the way the chinese abstained from that uh, the UN general assembly overwhelmingly condemned the russians uh, for doing that but it's hard it's hard to it, there, there's no one even the ukrainians uh, who are arguing for military action um, either ukrainian or western military action to try to push the Russians uh, out of Crimea. So this is hard. We put on the sanctions. Um, uh, we have taken other uh, other steps to boast the, the capabilities of the Ukrainians, but to get the Russians out of Crimea is going to take a, a longer time, um, an economic development in Ukraine uh, that makes Ukraine more attractive to the Crimeans. Again, we are speaking with William B. Taylor, U.S. Institute of Peace Executive Vice President, former U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine. Is, is there any contemplation of action that would change the trajectory of this, this annexation? There is. There's 
expectation that the sanctions on the Russians for their their subsequent actions after they annexed Crimea, they went on to to actually invade and stir up continued problems in Donbas, in the southeastern part of Ukraine, uh, not far from uh, from Crimea. Those those sanctions actually have bitten the Russians, and the Russians, even though they say it doesn't bother them, uh, would really love to get out of those sanctions. Um, and there is some possibility that uh, that those sanctions, even increased sanctions, might convince the Russians, in particular the Kremlin, to to uh, withdraw um, their their forces from uh, from Donbas. It's harder on Crimea. Um, the sanctions there prohibit uh, uh, prohibit investment, Western investment in in Crimea. Um, there are sanctions on on Russians who were responsible for the Crimean invasion. Um, but those that that is going to be a longer term. It's going to be a longer term solution to that. Long term solution, by the way, sometimes work. Um, the United States never recognized the Soviet annexation of the Baltic states in 1940, um, and and now the Baltic states um, are part of the EU and NATO. So, but it took a long time, um, and Ukrainians are not interested in waiting that long to uh, to see Crimea reintegrated. But it's going to take some. It's going to take time. Clearly, Bill, does does this uh, did this annexation give any kind of strategic either advantage or or some sort of strategic plus to to Russia? And does it create more of a security threat directly either to the United States or some of the surrounding countries? It does, Tim. It does. Um, most recently, the Russians have built a bridge um, from mainland Russia across the Kerch Strait into Crimea. Uh, before that bridge connection, there was no uh, there was no land bridge. There was no real physical way to get uh, supplies or traffic or commerce uh, from Russia into into Crimea. But that bridge um, uh, went across, and then it did exactly what you just said. That is, it cut off uh, the Sea of Azov from the other side of the Kerch Strait um, from from most of the commercial traffic. Uh, so the Sea of Azov has two main uh, Ukrainian ports as well as Russian uh, ports um, on on the sea, on the Sea of Azov, just uh, north of the Kerch Strait. And those Ukrainian ports are now choked. They are now constrained because the bridge that I said that I just mentioned going across the Kerch Strait is too low for the main kind of traffic for large uh, container ships to go in and out. And the, the two Ukrainian ports are the way that the steel and the iron and the coal uh, comes out of those Ukrainian ports. So the, so it does have an effect. Um, the annexation of Crimea does have an effect on Ukraine uh, and on freedom of navigation. Um, the Russians attacked three Ukrainian naval ships uh, last November. Um, and as I say, finally, the, we, we put on some sanctions in response to, to those attacks last November. It took a long time. It took five months to put those sanctions on. Um, but, but that was an indication of the concern that we have um, for the strategic effects of the uh, Russians' invasion of Crimea. Bill, what does this say to you about the, um, the the sort of empire, if you will, ambitions, the imperial ambitions of Vladimir Putin? Because it's been known that for some time he has this sense that he would love to return to the old Soviet Union in the glory days and whether or not this is consistent with that. And is this something that he drives or is this something that's part of 
the Russian psyche? I think it's at least something that he drives. Um, he has been known to ask people what his legacy is so far. And when objective observers answer that question that he asks them, they say, you know, boss, not so much. Um, uh, you don't have the same kind of legacy as some of the great autocratic Russian leaders, uh, Peter the Great and Catherine and Stalin. And, and so he, according to this line, uh, Mr. Putin has this sense that he wants to regather Russian lands. He wants to reestablish the Russian Empire. Um, and this move on to Ukraine through Crimea is certainly part of that. Bill, I appreciate you joining us. Uh, William B. Taylor, U.S. Institute of Peace. Thanks for being on POTUS today. Thank you, Tim. Great to be back. William B. Taylor, U.S. Institute of Peace Executive Vice President, also former ambassador to the Ukraine, five years after the annexation of Crimea. Where does it stand? I think you get a better sense now. By the way, the Twitter handle is at USIP, at USIP. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.